welcome to the Brothers in Faith podcast on St. Joseph Radio. Join Father Vincent Cherichella and Deacon Michael Cherichella as they talk about faith, family, and sometimes food. So welcome, everybody. We want to welcome all our listeners on St. Joseph's Radio live to our first podcast of the Brothers in Faith. I am Father Vincent Chiricella, and this is my brother. Deacon Michael Chiricella. And we're here to talk about um, our vocations. We want to start our podcast off talking about our vocations to the priesthood, my own vocation to the priesthood, and my brother Michael's uh, vocation his road to be a deacon of the Roman Catholic Church. We are excited to uh, be here with you. We are located here in Astoria, New York, with the parish of St. Joseph's in Astoria. It's a beautiful parish uh, uh, consisting of um, a large Hispanic community. We have about uh, 500 uh, people that come to our Spanish Mass on Sunday and about another 800 people that come to our other masses. So anyway, so let's start it off. Let's talk about um, how we grew up. So we grew up in um, in Brooklyn, New York, in a small neighborhood called Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Our home parish was uh, and is still Our Lady of Mount Carmel in, uh, in Williamsburg. And uh, I think our parents, would you say, had a great influence on our faith? What would you say about that? Absolutely, a thousand percent. Uh, our parents really uh, were the foundation. Our parents were really the foundation uh, for, our, for our faith and uh, uh, showing us the example of uh, how to live our lives and uh, how to conduct ourselves and... Uh, uh, my father, John, with uh, my mom, Margaret, uh, were very instrumental in, uh, in, in raising us the right way. And uh, Sunday was always family day in our house, right? And my father would say, Sunday is family day. And it was a big deal, you know. My mom and dad would uh, get us ready for church. We would have a nice breakfast in the morning. We would get dressed up beautifully, and uh, we would get in dad's car, and uh, he would drive us over to Our Lady of Mount Palmer, uh, Church where Father Vincent and I, Father Vincent and I served as uh, as altar servers, as altar boys back then. They were not allowed to have a, a altar girls. Now they're called altar servers. So it was really just the, the the church and the parish was really just like a fabric of our of our lives. It was uh, not just not just about going to church on uh, on Sunday and uh, for one hour. Uh, the parish was the center of our our faith-filled lives and the center of our uh, uh, social life also and our academic life. We went, to, we went to the parochial school there from grades kindergarten to eighth grade where we shared uh, uh, many friendships uh, and we played sports there too, right, Father Vincent? We played the CYO, right? Yeah. What would you say really a message to parents now, right? The parents that are raising their children um trying to give them the best of everything uh what what would you say to that experience that we had of having both a mother and a father 
that really fostered faith in the family and really fostered for us going to Catholic school and being, as you said, altar servers and being part of a Catholic culture. What would, you, what would be some advice maybe that we might want to give to parents today that might be listening that are trying to, um, you know, raise their children in this new world that we live in? Well, I know there's a lot of young parents and a lot of families that are struggling today uh, with uh, always trying to find all these different activities for their children. You know, let's take them to soccer practice and let's take them to uh, gymnastics and and uh, all these different things. They're trying to fill these voids in their life and they're really not experiencing what they need to be, do as a family and that's come together. You know, the families today, a lot of times today, mom and dad are both working, right? And uh, the, the children uh, are really alone a lot of times. They have a babysitter, somebody watching them and they're not really spending any quality time with their parents. And, the, and you know, with our mom and dad, thankfully, we were in a situation where, where mom stood home with us. She was a she was a homemaker, and dad worked. Sometimes he worked two or three jobs, dad. He was a TV repairman, and uh, he worked long hours. But he always found the, uh, the ability to spend time with us. And you know what? Uh, you don't have to force it upon the children. We were not forced as children, Father Vincent and I. I know I wasn't. He definitely wasn't. We weren't forced to sign up for to be altar boys. We weren't forced to to uh, to uh, to go to Catholic school. That was an option that we were very happy to have. Nothing was thrust upon us. It was just a natural way of life. It was part of our life growing up in that beautiful community, that beautiful parish community. And unfortunately, today uh, it's I feel like it's not really priority number one for the mom and dad. And uh, it's something that they've gotten away with. And even if they do go to church, uh, they're just going one hour a week on a Sunday. And where are they really spending their quality time? You know, so like I thought about earlier on, um, when we first started talking, uh, brother, that uh, the parish, uh, Lady Moncomo, was the center of our life uh, in so many aspects. And that's not there today. You know, who's going to karate? And who's doing this? And I'm going here and I'm going... And everybody's running around and there's no centrality in the family. And foundationally, you keep on filling, searching for things and they're not taking their... They're not put prioritizing what should really be. So the most important thing you can really give your children, uh, young parents out there, and those parents uh, were talking to you that have gotten away uh, from the Catholic Church is their faith and their parish and getting involved, mm. you know? Yeah, it's interesting that uh, we um, we kind of grew up in a different uh, generation than, than, than these children are growing up in today. In our own parish of St. Joseph's, we do have a very um, healthy um, Catholic academy. We have about close to 400 children that do come here. And um, it is very important for us as a parish to try to foster that Catholic identity. But as you touched upon, uh, it also begins at the home. And I think the home is where faith 
really is formed even before the parish. So St. John Paul II really spoke about the home as the domestic church, that it is the that relationship between mother and father and daughter and son and, and their children. That's where the initial experience of faith really takes place. So, you know, when we think about our mother, uh, Michaela, she had a real, real sense of teaching us about Jesus. And um, God bless her, she's still with us. She's 81 years old and still going strong. But she really instilled in us the faith, a, a, a real belief in Jesus, that she herself was a follower of Jesus, that she believed in Jesus. And um, I think parents today really have to really do some soul searching and thinking, am I first, am I a follower of Jesus as a parent? And, um, and so that experience of having a mother who is a believer, who does follow Jesus, who does believe in Christ, and the influence that that has on the children. And as you said, our Father John was also a man of faith, uh, maybe not as um, deeply uh, faithful as our mother, but uh, was a believer himself. And so that experience of the children first experience faith at home is so important. So uh, as you said, you know, they're running around, they're going to different things, which is fine. But um, um, how do we, as a as a church, uh, really attract parents to um, say to them, you know what, faith is really um, an important thing that you should be teaching your children. Of course, we start with Catholic Academy. That's the main thing. We have our religious education programs, um, but we have to also get the parents to have an experience of church that is positive. And um, here at St. Joseph's, what we're doing is really we're focusing on two things. It's the three-year Eucharistic renewal put forth by the, uh, by the bishops of the United States, the USCCB, on the Eucharist. So our focus is really deepening parents' uh, experience of the Eucharist. How do we, how do we invite them to come back if they haven't been going to church. And then the second thing is, how do we build on community? Those two things. So Eucharist and community. Would you say that Catholics are looking for community? Absolutely, Catholics are definitely looking for community. And they're looking for, you know, earlier today we were planning that's why we, we got here a little late before we started this, this talk, this podcast. We were planning a family day of prayer for our family. You know, we're trying to get the family together on a larger level. 
And uh, our two cousins that were with us, Agnes and Tom, uh, said the, they, the, the evangelicals do it right sometimes, right? They have an experience, right? So a lot of these young families, they're looking for an experience. And uh, what kind of experience? So we giving them this beautiful experience of the Eucharist and, 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 the, and the sacraments. But you know what? Uh, we have to meet them where they're at. You know, that's what we have to do. We have to meet them where they're at. So they're looking for an experience. I know myself at my, at my parish of a lady, Mark Carmel in Williamsburg, I serve as the youth minister there. And my young people, the young adults, the teenagers, are looking for an experience. So how do we give them those experiences, you know? They volunteer to feed the homeless. They volunteer at the food pantry. They want to go to the nursing home and volunteer and visit the people that are in the nursing home. They want to get involved in uh, different aspects of, of what, what enriches them spiritually. So Father Vincent touched upon, my, my brother touched upon, uh, uh, how do we get them a sense of community? Uh, you belong here. This is where you belong, you know? And they're really searching for it. So we really need to be, as a church and as uh, uh, parishes, really welcoming. And I'm, ta I'm talking about uh, a welcome committee. Somebody walks into your church, they might be there for the first time. They never entered your parish, your church before, and nobody, nobody acknowledges them. How are you? You seem like you're new here. What's your name? My name is Deacon Michael. My name is Father Vincent. How are you? You know, a back and forth. So they feel like, you know what? I have a sense of, they care who I am. I'm just not another face in the crowd. And sometimes uh, we get caught up in, we get so busy, Father, right? We get so busy, uh, with maintaining things and just trying to keep things together that we lose that sense of what our really our mission is as a Catholic church. Uh, what the mission that we've been called upon, all of us, is missionaries. Go out and get the people in here and get them a sense of this is where you belong. You know, Father Vincent and I growing up, we had never had any sense that we didn't belong in that church of a lady of Montcalm. That was our home. That was our parish. That's where our parents uh, brought us. That's where we were baptized. We made our first communion. We made confirmation there. You know, we, we had funerals there. We had weddings there. That was our home. And a lot of times today, the, 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 the people feel like there's not that sense of community here. I don't feel like I, I belong here. I feel like I'm not being paid attention to enough. So I think really we just need to be more open and welcoming to uh, not only the people that we see those new faces, but we take the old faces for granted. That parishion that's been here for 30 or 40 years, don't take them for granted. Don't don't just put it in your mind that, that I'm good. I don't have to, you have to constantly keep on uh, reinventing how you interact with people. And it's very, very important that we have the a sense of home. You know, Father, like when you go over mommy's house and she used to make a meal for everybody. So my mother used to cook, right? She used to cook for 20 or 30 people. Sure. And when you open the door to her apartment, you had a sense of, you know what? I belong here because she makes me feel welcome here. 
And that's how we were brought up. Mommy and daddy yeah. brought us up that way. Yeah, right? I think yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I mean, when people so when they come into your individual parishes, whoever might be listening, uh what is that person's experience of the parish? Do as Deacon said, do they feel welcome? Do they feel like they belong? Do they feel like, you know, somebody somebody cares about them, basically? You know, so many times we can get stuck in in a uh in, you know, a sacramental approach, which is which is the main reason why we're here, of course, the Eucharist. But we could forget that, you know, just a smile could kind of uh a smile or a kind word. Hey, where are you from? Haven't seen you here before. Uh, welcome to St. Joseph. Welcome to Mount Carmel. Welcome to whatever the name of the parish is. Uh, hey, you know, we got a men's group that we started or we got a, uh, hey, I see that you're grieving. You know, we have a bereavement group. Uh, would you like to be part of that group? So, um, you know, I had an interesting experience that, that I think speaks to this sense of belonging that you're speaking about. I went to a birthday party and it was at a um, restaurant slash sports bar. And at the sports bar, um, I noticed that there were many people at the bar. They were young people. They were drinking. And... Um, I said to myself, they're at the bar, they're drinking, they're young people, they're searching for something, right? So they come to the bar, they come to, to socialize, they come to, to get together, to express their, their emotions, and they're doing it at a bar, you know? So I think at the heart of every human person is that need for relationship, that need to belong, that need to be part of something greater than they are. And unfortunately, sometimes it happens at a bar. I'm not saying it's always a bad thing, right? To, uh, you know, go and socialize at a bar, have a beer with a friend. It's not a negative thing. But I think the church has so much more to offer, right? And uh, we have the Eucharist, right? And so I want to just talk a little bit about that. We're in this uh, three-year uh, Eucharistic um, renewal period. And so we spoke a little bit about our faith. We spoke about growing up with parents that had faith and the great influence that our parish had on us, a sense of belonging, a sense of welcoming in the parish, how important that is. Now let's, let's just touch upon really the, the center of why all of us come. And that's to receive the body and the blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, we're, we, we're, we have something to give that's really substantial. And it's, uh, it's Jesus Christ. And that's really why people are coming through the doors. They want to experience Jesus. They want to know him, to love him and uh, to have that foundational, powerful experience of the Eucharist. 
And so um, can you think back to your own, uh, what was like your first foundational experience of the Eucharist? And then I'll share mine. My first foundational experience with the Eucharist uh, really goes back to uh, when I was an altar server. I was an altar boy at a lady in Mount Carmel. And um, I just remembered the reverence for the Eucharist. I really remember how we used to put the pattern underneath the people's chin. Remember when people used to receive communion? It was on the tongue. You weren't allowed to receive on the hand. And there was such a reverence for it. And I was uh, serving as an altar boy one day. And somebody was going to receive the Eucharist. And I didn't put the patent uh, underneath the person's chin fast enough. And uh, the Eucharist fell on the floor. And the way that the, the priest that was uh, distributing the Eucharist treated that Eucharist on the floor as it was the body of Christ on the floor, picking it up and, you know, putting it on the side and, and doing all that. I, I really got to, because, you know, when you first received communion, you know, you were an altar boy. You're, you're, you're six years old, seven years old. But as an altar boy, you get to really interact. And I thought that was just such a beautiful, beautiful experience. And uh, now that I've gotten older, I've really come to really appreciate sitting down in front of the Eucharist in adoration and just let, uh, let Jesus listen. Sometimes you don't have to speak, just uh, sitting there and listen. And um, the Eucharist is powerful. It's the most powerful thing we offer. We offer Jesus Christ in the true presence. Uh, and that's really the difference between the uh, our faith and, uh, and any other faiths. Uh, they don't have the, they don't have the, the goods, you know, they don't have the goods. That's what I tell people. But uh, if you don't really have the experience, the Eucharistic experience, and you don't have it in your heart, when you're part of the Catholic faith in the Catholic Church, again, we'll go, I'll go back to the experience of, you talked about being at a bar and those people were looking for something looking for that experience. I talked about earlier and when we were speaking about people looking for experiences and looking for different things spiritual-wise. So they need, they want to experience Jesus Christ. And we know he exists in the Eucharist, the true presence. But if they experience somebody who's nasty to them or somebody who walks by them in church or somebody who says, what are you doing in my pew? You don't belong there. I sit there every week then their experience is going to be a negative experience. So it goes back to how do we get them with that positive experience and sitting there and believing truly that that's the true presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we have this Eucharist revival going on right now. I think I think the uh, the Pope is right on point with it. We, we need it as a world and as a church. And uh, But that's uh, the reverence of the Eucharist has been lost and uh, I just wanted to share my story of uh, being that young altar boy, maybe nine or 10 years old. And I felt so bad that I couldn't get, you know, remember you had to get the patent underneath the chin? Yeah. You know, you felt bad that you didn't get it under there? Yes. And that day it actually fell on the floor of the Eucharist. So I felt bad that day about mm -hmm. that experience. 
But there's really, the reverence is not there today. It's a, Something's missing. Something's missing. Uh, uh, and I hope we get it back with this revival. Yeah, I mean, reverence is definitely um, a way of expressing, um, you know, our, our, our love for the Lord in the Eucharist. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that experience about uh, being an altar boy and uh, the the reverence and the love that the priest had for the Eucharist and and yeah so you know my first uh, really experience of the Eucharist is believe it or not I can remember my first Holy Communion I can remember being um, actually putting on the the white suit that uh, uh, our mom bought me and. Um, Nickerbocker, Nickerbocker men's shop. Nickerbocker men's and boys, right? Nickerbocker. And um, yeah, I can remember that whole experience of receiving Holy Communion for the first time. And then the second experience I would say is that after every Mass, even as a young child, I would remember the um, the feeling of joy that I had coming out of Mass. Just that whole feeling of that I didn't know what it was as a young child, but I I knew that I felt lighter and I felt a lot better after I came out of Mass. And I guess that was the experience of uh, receiving the Lord Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And so um, I'm I'm excited about this uh, three-year uh, renewal. I'm excited about doing something on a parish level, some things on a parish level and on a deanery level to try to um, foster more of a love and a devotion of the Eucharist. Um, you know, I would say that most people in the in the parish do have great reverence for the Eucharist. They do have a great love for the Eucharist. So it's not, you know, I don't see it as a lost cause or that people don't love the Eucharist. People really do love the Eucharist. Uh, people really do have a reverence for the Eucharist. And um, so we're looking forward to that, to that Eucharistic revival. Uh, on a deanery level, on a parish level, on a diocesan level, on a universal church level, uh, just people coming to know and to love Jesus in the Eucharist. And so, um, yeah, so I, this was this was a great uh, conversation, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, not much time left. I think next time we come together for this, uh, uh, next time we come, we'll, we'll share maybe our... Uh, our, our, ordination, our ordinations and our, our vocation stories and uh, how do we come become the, a priest and how do I become come to the diaconate and, uh, you know, share that with the people, share that with the world, really. Uh, our story is the story of, uh, of uh, anybody, any, any little boy or, or, or that wanted to be a priest. Uh, I know I wanted to be a priest when I was younger and... Uh, you know, we used to play. Uh, we used to play uh, mass at the house, right? We used to make like we were playing mass at the mommy's house in our little apartment. 
So I think the next time we uh, we get together, I would really love to share our vocation story and how we got to uh, this point where we are right now. That might be a very interesting thing, you know, not so much about our story, but what are we doing to promote vocations? How are we attracting young people to um, to follow Jesus uh, and to uh, really uh, lay down their lives for the church? It um, it really is a, a, a wonderful way to live out one's life, a life of definitely of challenge, of joy, of struggle, of uh, well, so many things that go into uh, living out a vocation. So we just want to thank everybody for joining us for our first podcast of uh, the Brothers in Faith. We uh, let's uh, let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Lord God, we give you thanks for our faith, and we give you thanks for the gift of our parents, our mothers and fathers that helped to form us in the faith. And we pray for our, our young parents out there that are uh, seeking to know you, that they may come to know you. They come to know you in the Eucharist, in the expression of faith that we have in our Catholic Church that they may come home, that they may come to know Jesus here at St. Joseph's and in all the parishes throughout the world as we ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And I'll give everybody that's listening a blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. All right. Talk to you soon.